What's going on, guys? It's Mike. And John. And we're here bringing you this week's episode of Beard Stroke and Bullshit. John, before I do our usual introductions, uh, I want to welcome back uh, our former guest, Rob Sheridan, who's now going to be uh, a semi-reoccurring guest uh, to co-host with us to talk about uh, and nerd out and geek out with us. J- Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Guys, Fun. how the fucking hell are you? Uh, I just watched the Patriots thrash the Chargers, and that's really bumming me out because I've finally come to the conclu- conclusion that Tom Brady is, in fact, an immortal vampire. And that bums me out more than you could ever possibly imagine. But besides that, everything's fine. I, I, I know zero things about football, yeah. except the only thing I know is we hate the Patriots. Right? Yeah. That's yes, like, yeah, yes, you that's do. The uni- I- that's, that's the one thing I know about football. Yeah, yeah, it's still true, and yeah, fuck. Okay, that. good, man. Good. Um, I'm up man. to date. You are you're, <laughs> yeah, you're straight out of date. Um, I do want to talk about really quickly, even though it's it's not usual uh, decorum in our podcast. Talk about sports, uh, John. Did you watch any of the clips from the attempted Parky uh, field goal kicks? I did see one guy uh, fall right on his ass, and I was like, I guess it's going to be this. And, oh uh, man! And uh, um, you know that that got tipped that ball was tipped yep i felt really bad i actually told i told somebody this while i was ubering him i was like i feel kind of bad for the guy he's like why the fuck would you feel bad for him he gets paid nine million dollars to make a kick i'm like all right but like the whole city hates him now and on top of that like just he must feel like utter garbage um yeah on top of if you read like the twitter comments people oh to God. like say like they're saying like tweeting out his address and like all sorts oh, of horrible shit God. so i'm just like it's I'm I'm bummed too. I wanted the Bears to go to the Super Bowl too. Like you, like it. It's gut wrenching. I'll have PTSD from this. But like, goddamn, it's not worth it, guys. No, it's it's definitely not. But uh, um, yeah. well, let's let's kind of. I'm gonna flip a little bit because part of the Bears game transpired into a conversation that you and I had recently, like the the day before, talking about Red Dead Two. Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> we made a bet that if the Bears won. Uh, you would finish Red Dead 2 because yeah. I had just recently, fin- like literally days before, finished it. Yeah. Well, not finished it. I'm in the epilogue, but we'll get to that. Right. I because I was uh I was just not feeling it. I don't know if I said the story, but I started it up and I couldn't get the horse out of camp. And then, but when I got yes. to Eagle Flies, the game crashed. I'm just like, fuck it. Like I was like, okay, I'm looking on Craigslist. I'm like, what are people getting for this game? Because fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> um, but then I was like, well, if the, if the Bears win, then I'll beat the game because whatever. Then I realized as the Bears lost, I was like, well, I can't possibly be more agitated than I am now. So I'll uh, I'll just beat it anyway. Uh, and it initially it did piss me off because there's some writing. And every time I like had to go to a new place, I was like, boy, I get, again, wish my horse was just a Lamborghini and I could just get there. But uh, yeah, and I don't know. I'm, I'm very happy I beat it. It was awesome. I like I, it was awesome. And now I'm in the epilogue. Um. Want to talk? Want to like spoil the ending and talk about it, or just want to well, be vague? You know, we can. Uh, we can. Uh, Rob was gracious when I told him about what we'd be talking about in the ending of Red Dead Two. He's like, I probably right, Rob. You were just like, I don't. I probably won't play this. I'm gonna like my. I'm gonna have kids in grade school before I get to the end of Red Dead Redemption Two at this rate. So, tell me the ending. I I, I heard that at the ending he like what walks away into the sunset and then. He decides he wants to become a horse, and then they have like weird, like horse sex, and they that's have like a party, and, and like it's a yeah, disco thing, and then it transports to right, the future. Yeah. That's what I heard. Right I, up until I, you I, got to the disco, actually, wasn't that far off. <laughs> I, yeah. 
but uh, no, yeah, you, you can spoil it for me because I, I honestly, I the idea that I would ever get to the end of this game before the next if, like six generations of game consoles comes out, it seems so overwhelming to me, right? Like I, I can only deal with games now in this stage of my life where I can just play them casually, and Red Dead seems like such a like I want to in- enjoy it, but it seems like such a commitment that I just don't think I'll get there. So yeah. I want to hear I want to hear what you guys have to say about how great it is. Well, John, I'll Ryan, live vicariously because because I I've got I've got some thoughts and and feelings about the end the ending of chapter six at least. Yeah, yeah, because there's still the epilogue, yeah. and I hope I mean basically I hope John kills Micah because that's the loose end. Micah slinks yeah. away and fuck that guy. Like the most like, ah, oh, God, Trevor sucked in GTA Five, <laughs> but I like kind of got him, you know. Micah's got like no redeemable qualities. He's just no. a total shithead that I was just every time he like appeared, hey, black lung. I'm like, oh God, could you just die? Like yeah. I just I hated Micah, so um that bummed me out that he lived. It bummed me out that yeah. Arthur died, but that was. Pretty much, like for the last like twenty hours, you knew that was gonna happen. Essentially, yeah, that that was like the moment where you were like, yeah, okay, he's not gonna get better from this. And I don't know if you've actually read any of like the newspapers within the world, but like there's an ad that even states like doctors recommend smoking to cure tuberculosis. <laughs> and like every time Arthur smokes, he's just dying more. I'm like, that's no, you odd. Like Arthur should be like the the like the, the front runner of that ad. I'm like, this doesn't help. Yeah, no, that, that's hilarious. I did not read that. I <laughs> I started to read some like the journal entries and stuff because it added a lot. It, it had a lot of interesting insights into like what mm-hmm. Arthur was thinking and all that. But at the same time, I was like, in the I wanted to get this going. So like that's yeah. another thing that was slowing my ass down. So I stopped reading pretty much everything. Um, what? and I and I stopped doing the side quests too, <laughs> except for uh, Edith Downs. Which I'm happy I finished that. I just happened yeah. to just wanted to have closure on that because one, I didn't even realize that is where you contracted tuberculosis. Like until they straight up say it. Yeah. And I was like, oh no shit, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, and and is, I like is, is this kind of like um, uh, Oregon Trail? Kind of. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just catch like frontier diseases and that's it. They put it in so early in the game that you completely forget about it. Like, you mm. forget that you have this interactive moment with this character who obviously is very sick and going to die soon. And you're like, oh, he's got tuberculosis. And then, like, as you're, like, beating him up for the money that was lent to him, he, like, coughs in your face. And you're like, and that's, like, when you hear that moment, like, that John just referenced, like, when you, when, when you basically, like, get told, like, that's how you got it. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I totally do remember that moment. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, so it's like so- a- it's a Rockstar game, so are there some syphilis moments that you can track? <laughs> um, unfortunately, not. Like that's so. The one thing that I tied to was, um, for me personally, was like the Mary Beth story, or not Mary Beth, um, Mary Linton yeah. storyline, which is which was like Arthur's ex flame that he helps out multiple times until like basically at the end of it, she sends him a letter that's like, "Sorry, we're in two different worlds, and good luck." Basically. Um, but there's a woman he meets in a side mission named Charlotte that like, basically like, he has to teach her how to live. Cause she got like berries and her husband ate them and died. And so now she has like no idea how to survive in this wilderness. And they're like, so he basically teaches it's like, this, this is a really sweet connecting moment with this other character that like, Arthur, you can't do anything with like, there's no, like they say goodbye. And then like, it's kind of like, I wonder 
because I haven't gone yeah. yet, but like once the game, like chapter six ends, you take over as John Marston from the first game. Um, so there's so no sure. like go into the cabin to drink hot coffee moment. Yeah, no, nothing like okay, that. No gotcha. hot coffee. Gotcha. But um, yeah, because I didn't do that. So uh, like, I mean, I did the first part, like where we hunted. I got her the rabbit, and then I yeah. never ever went back. So I just assumed <laughs> a bear ate her. Um, I think as long as you teach her how to hunt, she survives. Yeah, I mean, I bet she's fine. But I just like, yeah, I didn't get any of that shit. But uh... um, it was dude like that, like the whole ending snow, like those last handful of missions just literally snowball into each other. Oh yeah, uh, totally. Which I liked. Because there's that moment uh, at the oil field, at, at the at the yeah the oil field, uh, where uh, Eagle flies saves Arthur. Oh yeah, that that whole that mission was crazy. When you're just all riding Dude. in like in a oh, row and so good. Like I had been pretty down on like the gameplay at that point, like because it's kind of the it's the whole game is it's, kind yeah. of ride to an it's area, shoot stuff. a bunch yeah. of guys. And that's what this this mission was. But the beginning was you're riding in with like your whole fucking gang, and all the yep. Native Americans are fighting the uh, the U.S. Army, and the U.S. Army's like, "Where the U.S. Army?" <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck that!" Bow. And I don't know. It was it was a cool mission because of that. And yeah, the, how it ends with like Dutch leaving you, and then uh, yeah, well, which which Indian was it? Eagle flies. Eagle flies. Eagle, okay. Yeah. Rain falls is the is the older gentleman. Okay. Is the dad? Yeah, and I, that's. He, it. Uh, the voice actor for Rain's Fall is the dude who played Don Johnson's partner in a TV show from a very long time ago that I can't remember. Uh, I'll, it'll come to me. Okay, but he's he's fucking great. He's he's been in a bunch of different shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like that whole like that. I you know what to be honest that like that moment mixed in with like a couple of moments prior. Uh, really wants. Uh, for me, I would love to see fucking uh, Charles to get some fucking DLC story. Yeah, because he's a solid character. He's a fucking. I, they did a really great job of connecting you to characters. Him and Sadie are probably two of my favorites. Like I'd love to do Sadie bounty missions forever. Like that would be fucking awesome. Yeah, um, that, that'd be nice. And yeah, I, I want to believe like Charles didn't just get fucking murdered later on. Yeah. Like I want, I want, I want some conclusion to his story. So, but for me, that ending, like the whole like snowball from like. Dutch leaving Arthur to Arthur repeat, re, you know, coming back, you know, and, and saving Abigail, um, you know, after the, after the, the train heist where John gets left for dead. Um, and we, we see that moment happen. Yeah. Which um, was awesome. Cause you know, you're playing the whole game remembering how Red Dead one started. I'm like, so yeah. when's the moment when John gets left behind? Cause this gang is about to not be a gang soon. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, to learning the, the, the turn for Micah and like Micah being the one that got picked up, uh, yeah. by the Pinkertons. Uh, and that Molly never said anything, so Molly was killed in vain. Again, so it's like this whole, like, it's this whole snowball effect at the end. And then you get that last mission where you're riding back to camp with Arthur. And you have, like, the music going and, like, all the, like, the, you know, thank you, mister. Like, all the different people talking to Arthur about the things. Dependent upon, I think, how you play the game, whether yeah. you've been honorable or not. Like, that was like, oh, man. Like, you're realizing this is it. This is the moment. And, like, you get to that point And, like, you have to, like, get out when John shows up and you have to choose like, okay, do I help John or do I go back for the money? Well, like, I, like, that whole, that whole choice seemed like totally stupid to me for, cause for yes. one, like one, you're dying. So what the yep. fuck do you need the money for? Yeah. Like I, I was like, and John's got a whole bunch of money. He gave it to Tilly. So I was yeah. like, I don't see w what person would go back for the money. And then like, even if you're playing as an asshole, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. 
And like the man, the horse, like the horse I've had the entire game since chapter two dies. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, no, I'm like fucking like, and then the whole Arthur, like, no, I can't go any further. Like I pushed as far as I can go and then boom, it's over. And like, and then it, and then it changes over. Yeah. Like you have that moment where he's laying there watching the sunrise and it's just like, well, I'm real sad. (laughs) Yeah. It was a, it was a real bummer, but like an awesome ending. And I'm, I'm very happy I got there and I'll definitely beat the epilogue. Even Same. though it's kind of, I mean, I it it, it gets good, right? Because right now I'm just on a farm. Yeah, it gets better. It gets, okay. it gets, yeah. I'm yeah. Di- and I'm just like, and I, I don't know. I guess that's how you you can't just start it with John's still robbing banks and shit. But no. it's just like, um, you're doing uh, farmhand shit. Cause yeah, you're, yeah. Which kind of offsets the Red Dead <laughs> Redemption start with Bonnie McFarlane and learning how to be a farmhand again. Yeah. Again. again. Ba- real funny. Right again. when I started that out, I was. Uh, I was riding in the cart with, uh, you know, Jack and um, Abigail. Abigail, and uh, <laughs> I went off road on accident, and I got the wagon stuck, and it ended the mission, and I had to restart. I was like, motherfucker! <laughs> like this is a, I like, again, again, again. Like this game will just fuck you if you yeah. if you go off course in any facet. Yeah. But uh, but it's still great. <laughs> kind of drags ass. Still great. Yeah. Yeah. Right <laughs> you guys, <laughs> you guys sound like you're reading Facebook drama from 1899. You know, <laughs> that's all I can hear. When you and then the cart, the yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> or then I got the cart stuck. Uh, uh, Rob, I I had to make this comment because um, you had posted uh, some video from the holidays. Uh, you guys got PSVR. Yes, we did. <laughs> Tell me about your experience in the VR world. Um, I know John will jump in on this hardcore. I have not experienced a VR fully. John, are you are you are you VR? I yeah, Can I have I? a Vive. So okay. I so I, I okay. don't. So there's a lot, a whole bunch of like PlayStation VR games that are exclusive to PlayStation VR that I wish I could play. Um, there's a, there's a whole mess of different things depending on what platform you're in. I I only knew of VR through um, my cousin works at Microsoft and he does um, VR development there. Aha. Uh-huh. So. So we, you know, we would go to his house and he'd show us like the latest tech and the latest demos and whatever. And um, that kind of convinced us because um, he, he had all the like Microsoft versions and the Oculus and all these different things. And he had PSVR and I was like, well, let's try the PSVR. So uh, my wife got it for the holidays for us. And uh, it's just like, oh, let's try this out. And yeah. it's... um. You know, uh, the PSVR is like the most consumer-ready version. You know, it's it's a lot lower res than like the the high-res Oculuses. It's a lot better than those like crappy smartphone ones that that, that they try to advertise. It's yeah. way better than that. Yeah, thank God. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's like there's a lot of potential there that you can see right away from some of the games that are already available, and and a certain amount of it is like they need to figure out a way to make this. Um, more common like like probably the next generation of playstation should have some version of this built into it because there's so much going on here that you have to like you know invest a bunch of extra money in and think about it to get it and it's like a lot of it's the future it's like happening right there yeah for sure and it seems like the i mean the playstation move controllers they use like those were not initially meant for vr so if they went back and they did something for the playstation 5 they could definitely like start from the ground up and 
have like I mean, although what PlayStation VR does have, which I wish the Vive had, is they got that like shooter controller, which is like a gun and I don't know. It looks fucking sick. I've never actually used it, but I'm just like, oh, man, shit. Because, like, I, when I'm playing, like, games where you're holding a gun, it's like I have two hands and I'm holding nothing in my – I mean, I am holding yeah. – the, there's, like, no weight to it. And, like, I've seen people make, like, oh, I've got this PVC pipe and I've, you know, blah, 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 I could put the controllers in there and no, – fuck that. I want I – want, yeah. if I'm doing a VR game with a gun, it would be cool if I was holding an actual gun. Well, that I think that that was my apprehension with VR in general. Is I, I I'm just I'm not a PC gamer, and I have nothing against PC gaming. I just I just don't have the time to figure it out right now. Like no, yeah, my experience with gaming at this point in my life is I want to sit down on the couch when I have a few free moments or when I want to clear my head, turn a thing on, play it for a little bit with my controller in my living room, and that's it. You know, so vr always seemed like such a cumbersome thing like you have to have the right hardware you have to have the right pc you have to set it all up you know there's all these different versions and the psvr version is like okay it's it's as close it's still cumbersome but it's as close to plug and play as the experience gets right now oh yeah and you know and when you pick up those wands you can play like um uh space pirate trainer and they're not quite guns, but it feels like it when you're when you see them because it tracks the movement of them. Yeah, in your hands. That's, that's, so it feels like you're holding vibe, a gun. Actually. So that's I was gonna say like, yeah, what are you playing? Because that's that's a good one. I like Space Pirate Trainer. That's quite good. Yeah, and then, and I mean, even though those even though the uh, move wands are old, they still work really well in real time tracking. And like, I was playing Space Pirate Trainer, and there's a moment there where. You have one hand where it's your shield. And you can kind of, you know, you can see through it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. And and they're shooting at you, and you hold up your shield, and you can see them behind your shield, and you think, well, what if I just reach around the shield with my other hand, with my pistol, and shoot at them? And it works. And it's one of those like they didn't tell you to do that, but it just is. It's instinctual because that's what you do. And the fact that you can actually reach around your own weapon in virtual reality with these two hand controllers. It's one of those little bursts of magic that makes you realize, like, this is really engaging and that this is where the future is, I think. Oh, yeah, totally. Just uh, trying stuff out, like, for the first time when you're in a game is definitely, like, in this game I'm playing or have played, I haven't played in a minute, but it's called Onward, where you're, like, you can you can take your magazine out of your gun and, like, flip it in the air. And if you just have your gun, like, upside down, you can you can catch it back in your gun <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, I always Well, yeah. In stuff like that, like I always like to see, like, hey, can I kill myself? Can I put the gun on my mouth? And I'm like, and most of the times, yes, yes, you can. Um, and so yeah, stuff like it's, that. It's those things that that feel intuitive because you're you're supposed to be in that world, right? So when it feels intuitive and you try it out and it works, it like really connects you to that virtual world. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a huge fan. Like it's yeah, because the vibe though is kind of a bitch to set up. I gotta like move a bunch of stuff and. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah, it's just uh, it's like I gotta be I gotta really want to play it. Um, <laughs> exactly, we're we're not we're not there yet. Like we're we're getting there, but I mean, obviously, this is going to a place where it's like, you know, everyone wears contact lenses that have the entire software built into them or whatever, and God yeah. knows what what that portends for our future. But um, <laughs> but right now, it's like if you're willing to commit to it a little bit and spend the money on the hardware. There's actually some experiences out there that are are pretty amazing, and I think like um, like Sony should buy Beat Saber and just 
and just repackage the whole VR thing as the new Guitar Hero because it's so fun and it's something everyone can get into and so engaging. And it's like the next rhythm sensation just waiting to happen, but there's a barrier of entry to the hardware, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've wanted to get that. That actually looks awesome because I'm a. I, I used to like Guitar Hero, then I realized I really suck at it. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, and that and no one's playing Guitar Hero nowadays. But no. <laughs> and everyone likes lightsabers, and I like music. I don't know. I, it, like, it, it aligned in a way, and I was like, oh, yeah, this game seems right up my alley. So definitely, Dude, it's, Be- it's on my wish Beat list. Saber is so fun. It's really good. Oh, it's like, yeah. um, it's yeah, it's, it's lightsabers on a rhythm game, and you're in virtual reality, and, and it, it gets you moving, and it gets you moving in the ways that feel natural, same way as, um, as Space Pirate Trainer, where blocks come at you, and you have to dodge them, and then, like, swipe your arms in a certain direction and you just you feel really engaged with it in a really natural way and it's it's fun as hell yeah that seems key for a vr game naturally feeling and fun (laughs) yeah and 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 it makes me wonder though like just my experience with vr and just with psvr is like you know this is like one generation away from being 10 times more immersive than it is now and then what does that mean for games? Like, what does it mean for games when this isn't cumbersome anymore? When it's just a thing you put on your eyes and you're completely surrounded by the game. Yeah. And and that overtakes your reality completely. Like, where that there's no way that you, know, you can't play some of these games without thinking this is where it's headed as soon as the technology streamlines a little bit more. Yeah. And that won't take long, you know? Totally. Yeah. And, In 10 years, I'm very curious to see where we're at. Yeah, and and it might just be like we might just be headed to a future of raw escapism where you don't even exist in the same reality anymore. I mean, why there even are a few leave times... the house? Yeah, that yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, there there are a few times I was playing. Um, there's this game uh, that comes now with one of the bundles of PSVR, Astrobot, oh, yeah. and it's really fun. It's yeah, like Mario things. Galaxy. Oh my god, it, I didn't expect it to be good because it's a pack in, so I just kind of dismissed it, and then I started playing it. And it's like Mario Galaxy, but it surrounds you all over the place, and it's it's super clever. But you're playing it, and then like, like all of a sudden, like I hear a voice to my side, and I realize it's like my wife sitting right next to me, and I had no idea, <laughs> so I was <laughs> lost in this world. And and uh-huh. like, how long will it be before we're all just in our own little world, sitting right next to each other without realizing it? Yeah, and and, how many people are gonna get punched in the face on accident? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Had a lot of close calls when I invited some friends over to play this uh, VR game called Gorn. It's a gladiator oh, game. Oh, God. That game oh. so good. It's, it's really awesome. But, yeah, a lot of people, so especially when they're in there for the first time, they're like, they don't, they don't freak out. But, like, if there's a guy in their face, they start swinging. And, like, and they don't realize, like, where the wall is or where people are at all. Um, so it's just, uh, you're really asking that- for trouble. But it's, but it's, <laughs> that- it's great. That happened to us. We uh, we tried this game uh, on my cousin's system called uh, Drunken Bar Fight. Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, we put it on my wife, and like the guy comes at her with a with a beer bottle or something, and she and like she wasn't ready for the VR experience. She's like, ah! just starts flailing her arms trying to beat the shit out of this virtual <laughs> guy, and and you really got to make sure everything's clear in the room for that. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and. <laughs> So the other thing we tried is VR porn. Have oh, you tried that yet? Great. And how was that? Have you 
Have you tried it yet? No, that doesn't seem, it, that doesn't seem worth the effort. I'm like, I don't, I don't think. You have to just try it once. I guess I do. I yeah, guess I do. You do you really do? Because it's weird as hell. It's yeah. really fucking weird. Because it's, I I download because I just I have the PSVR, so I downloaded the these like free previews you can get and load them onto your PSVR, and it is weird as fuck. It's like these low res digital chicks just getting right in your face, and there's like boobs right in your face, and you look down and you've got abs and your dick is bigger and it's weird. It's just surreal. Yeah, I. Maybe I do got to check this out. Actually, <laughs> you, you should. Perhaps. It, you should. I. I. I'm like. I gave. I put the thing. Like. Like. Told my wife. Like. Sit down. Here. I'm gonna put this thing on you. Ready? Here's what. Here's what it's like to have a dick. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then all she was doing is like looking around the room, being like, God, this room is so dirty. Why can't I interact? <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's not the good, point. But, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. But you're missing the but point. But it of does this. like it does kind of hint at another thing of like what happens when this becomes so immersive that, oh God. you know, if it hit, if it hits a young guy at the right moment before he knows how to like confidently interact with people, what happens when you just get lost in this virtual reality and it, and it's that much more immersive. And then you just, you know, we, we face this Japan like crisis where nobody even wants to interact with real people anymore. Yeah. It's, it, it it could be heading in a strange direction because it's yeah. you you can it's super weird and it's awkward and it's stupid yeah. but you can see the potential it's like five years away from being like well I don't I never need to talk to a real woman ever again yeah. you know for yeah. for for certain people you know <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> not, not us but you know not us no, no not <laughs> us of course not uh, but I mean I feel like there's still some people out there that would still have that like need to actually interact with other people and i know we talked a little bit about it rob where there's the idea that like you know between vr and like you know vr lenses or like something where you'd have the ability to like you know uh, almost like the what google glass and like i I don't think this is ever going to happen but the microsoft hololens where like you can have things in front of your eyes as you're in like interacting with daily life and be able to say like if you're there like oh the show me latest episode of the simpsons and you can just sit there and not interact with anybody and just watch an episode of the simpsons on these fucking you know on these contact lenses or these glasses it's this weird you know future yeah. world yeah well I, I think that like i said i think that's when it's really going to take off when the yeah. hardware becomes um completely invisible i don't think there's a lot of people willing to strap these headsets on right now you know it's just never going to reach a critical mass until it gets to a place where you can just put on a pair of sunglasses or just you know eventually put on you know contact lenses or something and then you know then the possibilities are endless and that gets into like you can be doing real-time interactions with people in 3d vr while you're sitting on the plane and no one knows what what private experience you're having yeah Taking and, the guy uh, with the Bluetooth headset to the next level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll be, right. yeah, you'll be that asshole, but you'll be in space <laughs> with like. Is he jerking somebody <laughs> off? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got. It's gonna be weird. Like, there's, there's oh, no way to experience a little bit of VR and not think. Give this a minute, and it's gonna really fundamentally alter how we interact with reality. Yeah. There's, there's no way around it. God yeah. Damn. 
VR. That sounds like Black Mirror shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, which we'll get, we'll come back to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> soon uh, in this episode, actually. Um, I yeah, I really need. I, I've I've experienced very little of VR, um, so I, I I unfortunately don't have a lot. I can say. Um, but it makes me. The more you guys talk about it, the more I'm like, well, maybe I should get something. Like, I don't know. I, you know, I I went from thinking it's a it's a gimmick in in a lot of the ways that video games have offered gimmicks in the past, to thinking that like there really is something special here. It's, it's especially once the hardware trims down a little bit, and like I mean, the PSVR it adds like 62 cords to your life. There's just so <laughs> many cables. Like it's so cumbersome and stupid. But when you're playing Beat Saber or um, Space Pirate Trainer and there's those moments where you just dodge something that's flying at you and you reach around and shoot back at it or you hit the thing at the right time or you're playing Astrobot and they're like just feeling completely immersed in a world and, and natural instincts where you like slam your head against a wall and it breaks open and it reveals a secret. I mean, that, there's a gameplay element there that just like there's so much potential in it and it and it's definitely gonna gonna really blow up from there i think i need i need space for vr now <laughs> <laughs> you know i i don't have that much space for it It doesn't take that much space you just have to make sure there's not a lot you can knock over <laughs> yeah <laughs> hmm. okay i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to keep that i'm gonna keep an eye out for some sales or deals here yeah I, getting well cheap. we got it we got a deal um for one ninety nine, uh, wow. like Walmart or something, for a bundle that included games. So yeah, there's oh. there's deals out there. And that yeah. had the camera. That had the camera, but not the wands. We got the wands on eBay. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Not, bad. not bad at all. Um. Goddamn. Every time, every time, like John, like even before John would talk about VR, like Gorn, and I'd be like, "Man, I really want to play that." Don't have space. Because Vive, you need, like, what, John? Like, space for three cameras? It's uh, uh, two cameras, but two it's, cameras. And it's like, two by two meters or yards. I'm looking at my... I don't know. Something like that. I, for, for a Vive, you definitely need, like, a block of space. Well, that that's the thing. Is like, VR seemed intimidating on the PC level because there's so much involved in it. It's so much cooler, but the like compromise you have with PSVR where it's lower res and simpler, but you can just do it in a small living room with one camera sensor. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to start paying attention now for deals. Um, <laughs> there's, there's been uh, some craziness, uh, John, that we should probably jump into. Okay. Okay. In terms of uh, a couple of developers, Bungie and Activision split, recently or at least bungie has been given full publishing rights to destiny yeah which this is odd because yeah you'd think if a you know developer wanted to leave its publisher the publisher would hang on to the ip um and they don't want to but <laughs> but i guess they are bungie already went through this once with halo um and True. they had to give it up to microsoft so i guess there was probably something in their contract that made it so um even still pretty odd that activision would let destiny go unless it wasn't making them money or at least it wasn't making them as much money as they wanted as they thought. Yeah. um so that 
I don't. A lot of people are like, "This is awesome. This is great news." Now, I don't know. Well, firstly, I don't think it is because now when anything goes horribly wrong with Destiny, as it always does, uh, people can't be like, "It's fucking Activision," you know? Like, no. Now it's like, yeah. "Oh God, it was Bungie all along." Um, <laughs> and two, I just wonder about the future. Like, I know they got like a um, an investment, like a hundred million dollar investment from some some not not Tencent, some other Chinese company that invests in video games. Um, and so they got some money, but I just wonder what that means about Destiny Three and going forward and all that stuff. But that's yeah. that's kind of up in the air right now. It it uh, is, and it's going to be interesting did, to see. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, did you see the uh, news of Activision being under investigation for fraud after the split? I did. No, I did see that. Yeah, which that also raises <laughs> questions. Yeah. Well, this um, would this would be the second developer in less than six months to be under investigation for fraud because Starbreeze was just hit with that too. So, yeah, I yeah. Uh, I I wonder yeah I wonder if that's gonna what's gonna happen with that and I, and following that same line I don't think we actually talked about this before but I'm gonna bring it up anyway. Uh, did yeah. you hear what uh, happened with Randy Pitchford? Oh, I saw some stuff on Twitter and I didn't really dive too deep into it. What is I heard it was something with like abusing company credit cards and like money like a, laundering money or something essentially like randy pitchford got like a 12 million dollar bonus that was supposed to go to the employee this is alleged okay. um the the they're alleging that he yeah got a 12 million dollar bonus um that he didn't really earn it was supposed to go to the rest of the employees and on top of that they found a flash drive filled with child pornography oh boy that's what the, it was so like that I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And this is like a guy that um, used to be like best friends with Randy. I actually know someone who lives really close to Randy Pitchford. And she's telling me this can't be true and all this stuff. But you would say that Um, because who knows anyone's dark secrets. But he's always been kind of strange. Yeah, but I just think if you found a USB drive full of child pornography, like would you wait to bring it up in a fucking lawsuit? Wouldn't you bring it to the goddamn authorities? Like I just Yeah. I just like what kind of person would even do that? To, like I'm going to hang on to this. I'm going to I'm building a case. It's going to be awesome. Like why don't you go to the cops? Um and then yeah. sue them for the money thing also. Like uh, so you I can I, do both. Yeah, you you can. <laughs> in fact. So uh I don't know, that was just really weird. I was just like, you know, some people are really pissed off at Randy Pitchford because he's like his, his. He said some stuff for an Aliens Colonial Marines was coming out, and he's kind of a wacky dude. He's he does some wackadoo shit. To but be uh, but yeah, he's not. He hasn't personally wronged me. So and I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't gonna buy Aliens anyway. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as he's not a pedophile, we'll call it even, Randy. Um, but yeah, just figured bring that up. But hey, what else is going on in the video game world? <laughs> Um, so apparently a user, uh, got into a secret spot, uh, on the map. Wait, 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 before you go into that topic, I just wanted to add on the Bungie thing. Um, I have some like very close friends who work at Bungie because, um, like I grew up here and they're in Bellevue. And so, um, good friends of mine who I went to high school with are, um, are Bungie guys. And, uh, said like, Oh, love to tell you the whole story (laughs) when (laughs) When we have a chance. So I'm interested to hear their perspective on it. But it, uh, all I wanted to say was like, it just reminds me on the surface level, not really knowing, you know, obviously the inside details or whatever, but it reminds me of what I was working with um, Nine Inch Nails. 
and we decided to split from the record labels and just go our own path. And it was like, it was scary and it was weird because you you're losing this giant machine mm-hmm. that's going to publish for you and it's going to put put you out there and it's going to take care of all these things that you take for granted. But on the other hand, you get complete control of your property. You get to you get to have all the artistic license. You get to decide when your thing is right and and how it should be presented and all this stuff. So it's I'm interested to see where this goes for them because it's kind of a it's kind of a punk rock move and it and it if they figure out the right way to manage the distribution side of it, you know, they might just be like so creatively freed to do what they want, you know, having this property under their own umbrella without any like, you know, like any label or any publisher or whatever, just this corporate entity, you know, weighing in on their opinions because they ultimately hold the keys to everything. It right. it might be, it might be really great for them yeah. to be able to do what they I mean, want yeah. to do Hopefully. as long as they can as long as they can manage the distribution elements because those are the hardest parts mm-hmm. that the publishers take care of for you. And like the other thing too is a lot as as John said you know a lot of people throw throw flack at the publishers and you know Activision and Acta Blizzard haven't had some of the best track records in the past couple of years with how they handle certain things so for them to be able to go on their own path and be able to do this the way they want to um it does it does open some you know some fresh doors for them to be able to kind of say hey we want to do this but they wouldn't let us do that now we can do this Oh, and, and yeah, I mean, and, and that's another thing, you know, we dealt with when we went independent is like, right. oh, people aren't finding the record where they want to find it, or people are having this problem with receiving it here or, or customer service. That's all on us now, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, there's no, there's no barrier there, you know, to kind of like protect us from, oh, hey, you know, talk to the record label. We don't, you know, it, like- it, it becomes your burden and you have to do a lot more work on it, but. You know, maybe that's going to be beneficial to the product. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Um, so let's get into let's get into what is this like week fifteen, week week twenty of yeah. of Bethesda continuously shitting the bed. Yeah, it seems like a whole year, but it's definitely it's, not been nearly that it long. It's just it hasn't. It November is yeah. when Fallout seventy six came out. Um, so apparently there was news that a player was able to get into an area that was, should not have been um, accessible um, for regular players, basically allowed them to um, find a character that you could basically try everything out on. Um, and yeah, it was basically a testing ground that Bethesda just never got rid of. Yeah. Well, that sounds um, about right. Yeah. Sounds yeah, part th- of the this is the, In my day, this is the type of thing you needed a game genie to discover. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do remember Game Genies, and yeah, yeah, you could find you could yeah. find the debug mode. You could get to like little areas through the Game Genie, or completely change the game for something else with certain things that people did online. It was insane. Um, they got in, and they 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 just said they somehow ended up or glitched into this area. I don't know how if it was hacked or whatever. It's very mum the the, the stories that I've read via like Kotaku and Polygon. Um, but apparently there was something that came out yesterday or today in which Bethesda had emailed, Bethesda support had emailed the player and said, unless you tell us how you did this, you your account's suspended. Yeah, well, that's one way to go about it. I mean, with all the goodwill they've built up here recently, I mean, I guess they can totally, you know, expend that. Uh, yeah. Fucking stupid. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, 
that seems really wrong and dumb, but there's still people that are going to be like, yay, Fallout, no matter what they do. Um, So, okay. They must be looking at the numbers and know who the fuck's playing, so. Oh, yeah, because I was very excited in the the beginning for Fallout 76, and then I saw it for what it was, and I was like, nah, no, I'm good. I'm okay. I was really into it when I thought it was New Vegas 2, and then I was like, oh, "Oh, it's not that? Fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, but like this is what happens when a, a game company that has predominantly made single player games, and you can say ESO, like you can say, oh well, what about Elder Scrolls Online? Elder Scrolls Online is done by a completely different team. Yeah, who's yeah. has has experience doing online? And seems competent. Bethesda. Seems like a yeah. not a shitty game. I think yeah, that's a Bethesda big difference. Has had zero, and they they literally stress tested for a week before the game launched and didn't give nearly enough time to be like, hey guys, we're just gonna let you play this for like a month and like things will transfer over but like you guys need to like do your shit like how normal people would play this and try to break it as often as possible because that's what people do they try to find exploits they try to find ways that they can game the system especially in online games so like the fact that it was only a stress test for the first week it was like this is gonna be a shit show and fun fact it is yeah i I just want to say my uh my wife's been playing elder schools online and she got stuck in a mushroom (laughs) <laughs> and a mushroom. All right. You got trapped inside a giant mushroom, and the only way to, to like, there was no way out of it. No one was around to even kill her character or anything. So she had to contact support, and oh. they got her out of the mushroom. And and uh, you know they gave her back the like things she lost by being like randomly attacked while she was in the mushroom. <laughs> and, and and she went along her way. You know. Oh. You know they 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 have the experience down pretty well. That's good. <laughs> That's fortunate. Because, like, there's a lot of companies who'd be like, oh, yeah, is that so? Cool. We're just going to respawn you here. You don't get anything back. Sorry. Yeah. Because there was, like, there was no other way. Like, the only way was to, like, gradually wait for enough enemies to pass by and randomly hit at her until she died and lost all her shit. (laughs) She's like, guys, this is not my problem that I'm stuck in your mushroom here. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, and they acknowledged that and, and, uh, and did her right by it. So... I, I don't know. I don't know why why they're holding these Fallout guys hostage for finding something they weren't supposed to. Uh, yeah, I just it makes zero sense to me if that's how you're going to go about it. Like it just it just seems like bad support from a company that's just notorious for fucking glitchy games and areas you can get into like that. I just unless you're getting unless you're in a mushroom, apparently, then you're good to go. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just gonna wait for the outer worlds from Obsidian and just enjoy the fuck out of that. Yeah, I hope hope that's good. Um, but yeah, hopefully be worth it. Fallout seventy six is like a death by a thousand cuts, man. Like it's just (laughs) holy shit. There's always something (laughs) fucked up happening in that game. And yeah, there was an issue with nukes like a week ago too. Like nukes couldn't be launched or some shit. I don't know. It's just a shit show. It's just it's just god damn it. Um. Well, let's let's talk about a fun uh, early access game that I've actually gotten the chance to get my hand on, uh, hands on. Um, Blackfoot Studios is a, a, a small developer um, made up of um, a few a few devs, and some of them have have some storied history. One of them, uh, or a couple of them, have worked for um, Redstorm, in which uh, created the original uh, Rainbow Six and Ghost Recon games. If you can remember those. Uh, where you didn't see your weapon or your character model, and you just shot at like blocky characters or terrorists if they were uh, to free the hostages. Um, Ground Branch is basically 
um, uh, a first-person uh, shooter with character and gun customization. Um, it's PvP, and they also have co-op, so you have, like, eight players going through one area. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, this dude uh, that I know uh, from a group that I'm in gifted me a copy, and um, he was like, yeah, have fun if you play Tarkov. Uh, these AI are about a thousand times worse. And I was like, oh, this should be fun. Um, holy fuck, they are they are ruthless. Like, I could pop my head over cover, and I'm dead instantly. And I'm like, all right, I, I gotta learn how to do this a little bit better. But it's it's fun. Like, it's actually tactical. It's not like the newest Rainbow Sixes where it just feels like a frag fest. Um, you actually have to, like, contemplate your route and, like, figure out how you're gonna go about your movement through the map, basically. Um, I only have like a half hour with it, so I, I can't really give you a full rundown on it, but I I just, if you got 20 bucks to spare and you're interested in a tactical, you know, semi-thinking first-person shooter uh, with some difficult enemies and, of course, being able to play online against other people, I highly recommend this one. Heck yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched the uh, like a quick video with no sound right before we started, and it looks, uh, yeah, it looks like those old Rainbow Six games, if it, you know, came out today, as yeah. opposed to, you know, 98. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and I'm really looking forward to Ready or Not as well, which... Oh, my God, yes. That is much... It's not even in early access. Uh, you can't nope. You can't even play it. You can't even... Yeah. So... Um, but it's going to be good. That one's going to be... I'm looking forward to I sure to hope so. One. I sure hope so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely into this uh, this genre. You know, more cerebral shooter, so definitely, yeah, definitely on like, my radar. Yeah, I, I, I would maybe keep an eye on it if it goes on sale, John. Yeah, you should definitely, definitely give it a, a, a chance because I think you'd like it a lot. Heck yeah. Um, news over the week as well. Uh, we all, I, I actually haven't yet, to be honest. I, I apologize, but um, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Uh, is out for the masses. It has been since the end of December. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Rob, I I I have seen it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I went through quite a few different endings of it, and what do you think? I was, I'm just I'm blown away by how smart they are. It's it's smart and it's meta, and it it uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it it takes the idea in a much more meta and cerebral direction than you might expect. It, it's not just about the structure of the story. It's about it, it brings your interaction with the story into the story. Ooh. And, and and that's all I, I'm going to say about it until you guys have experienced it. Okay. I'm going to have to jump into that soon. It, it's it's more of a psychological like thing than you'd expect. And it makes your participation kind of an active role in the psychological drama of the story. Interesting. Huh. I, yeah, I definitely want to watch that. Though, to be fair, I haven't seen any Black Mirror, so it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's like no. it's all. It, everyone is a, a totally different story. So it, yeah. you didn't. You don't have to see anything before it. But that's good. It's it's a unique experience that really. I'm glad they gave these guys the first like serious use of this technology because they use it in a way that like brings the technology into the experience and. It, Let's reconvene when you when you've tried it because okay. it's like it's not a conversation we can have right now. <laughs> well, well, let's at least have this conversation. The fact that Chooseco is currently suing Netflix over yeah. the use of the choose your own adventure style. Yeah. Um, 
I find that kind of ridiculous. Well, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they own. I mean, uh, true. What, so if I that seems so broad, you know. Well, so the details of the lawsuit, from what I've read, and I don't want to weigh in this on a legal perspective because yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but from someone who's dealt with a lot of copyright and free use and issues, but um, it what they're claiming is that they were in some sort of um, negotiations with Netflix to use their property as part of Bandersnatch. Yeah, and then Netflix no pulled out of it and then went ahead with some of the things anyway. And so it's it's hard to know where that aspect of it lands, you know, until it all kind of settles. But what they're claiming with regards to the damage seems absurd to me. And the idea that they're claiming that by anyone saying, because in the story they describe it as, in Bandersnatch as it's a choose your own adventure story. But I would argue that no one thinks anymore that that means the choose your own adventure brand. Like right. it's become ubiquitous as like a way to describe a certain story structure, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so I think it's like kind of like Kleenex. You call something a Kleenex, even it's, though it's not it's, a Kleenex brand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a Walmart think, brand. Yeah. Yeah. When you describe a choose your own adventure story, you're in, no one expects that you're saying this is a choose your own adventure brand story. Yeah. They're just, they're just thinking it's the structure of the story. And then furthermore, then when they say they're like, it's damaging to our brand because this is dark and evil, whatever. Well, you know what? It's targeted towards a generation that they grew up with that. Th they grew up with this and now is remembering it and is in no way conflating this dark experience right. with what they grew up with, but is maybe now more likely to say, Hey, my kid, you should check out these choose your own adventure books. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. I just I don't see how it's harmful in any way. To this, to this company to have this out there. I think it just builds the brand up, you know, and no one's going to confuse this with no. those books. No, not at all. And like, that's the other thing is like, cause if I'm not mistaken, I, I want to say Marvel did that with a Deadpool issue or a couple of issues where you could do like a choose your own adventure Deadpool style thing. And they also did like, and Marvel and I think, oh, is it IDW that's publishing the Rick and Morty series? I think mm, on Com I think Comic so. Book? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Deadpool and Rick and Morty both did like D and D esque series where well, like yeah a lot of like, people are doing it yeah like and like again it's like well you don't see you know anyone from like Dungeons and Dragons going after them like because they know that's what their audience like it, it's again yeah well the with the other and then I don't know but this the specific issue that they brought up was using the term choose, choose your own adventure but. There actually, you could argue in a fair use case that there isn't actually an, another way to describe that story structure. That's right. the common vernacular for it, right? It's yeah. choose your own adventure story. And uh, actually, Netflix, this isn't the first time Netflix has done this. They started it with kids programming a couple of years ago. And um, they started originally the technology because they found that little kids for their original programming Little kids growing up now expect to be able to interact with things. So they started experimenting with ways that while kids are watching stuff on Netflix, they can like make a choice and interact with what happens in the story. Oh. And that's what, that's what led to um, the Black Mirror idea. So they've been using the technology for a while. Uh -huh. Interesting. I did not know that. 
but I but I don't think they called it specifically choose your own adventure because it 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 literally is just is because it's in the dialogue you know of the um, of the actual story but um, yeah but the technology they've been they've been testing for a while with kids programming I just I that just the the idea that they're because they use the words choose your own adventure just like okay. I, I guess, I guess, but at the same time, like, no, as, as you've already stated, it's just like, we, that's the stuff that we grew up on and, and having those, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's like over, it's, it's, it's overreaching a, a certain aspect of things. Yeah. Just, a, well, just a bit. Yeah. You, you have to, you have to acknowledge when the thing that you created has entered into fair use in a certain extent. Yes. Like I, I did a choose your own adventure Twitter account um, last year which was really fun, but I called it tweet your own adventure. Cause it was a story where the decisions were determined by people voting with, with Twitter polls. Oh. And, and it was really fun. It was, it was a super fun experience. Um, but there's no really other way to describe it to people other than to say it's a choose your own adventure story. That that's just how, that's how you describe the structure. And then everyone knows what you're talking about right away. And, and no one for a moment would think, that what you're describing is a title under the brand of the choose your own adventure book series, you know? Yeah. Oh God. God damn it. Choose Co. Um, I want to come back to something we talked about on last episode, but because Rob's here, Rob, I know we talked about this when we had you on for, haven't been uh, comic books. You had the chance and you saw spider verse, man. I got to know what your thoughts are. Oh God. I like, it blew me away. Like I was, I saw it late because I, I was just busy in December and I was pissed off because I couldn't, I, I just didn't have a chance to go out and see it. And everybody, it felt like my entire like social media timeline was just people raving about it. And I was getting mad <laughs> that I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> and finally, after Christmas, like went and saw it. And, you know, you, sometimes those types of movies where like everyone's been talking about it and you're the last person to you're just so pissed off that you're like ready to hate it kind of, you know? Yes. yes. And no, not at all. It was just amazing. Like there's no, like there's nothing you could say bad about that movie. It's just incredible. Like it's, it feels like a game changer in terms of how comic books are brought to life. It feels like a game changer in terms of what you can do with computer animation to express a style and a, and a mood and a vibe and a, and, communicating the source of, of everything. Like, like it felt like comic books brought to life for the first time, really, you know, like it just, they did so much with the artistic design of that movie that I had to see it five more times to really soak it all in. It, it's I, just, it's just a masterpiece. I absolutely have to agree with that. I know John and I talked about it for for a bit on the last episode, but yeah, it's it's definitely like the, the perfect version of comic books come to life. Um, yeah, and I, and I feel like if you've seen it once, you probably should see it at least two to three more times just to be able to like soak and see everything because I still feel like there's so many things that I missed. And I said that even in, in the last episode that we did um, is that there's so many like little nods to creators within the Marvel, you know, Spider Man universe that like I completely missed. Um, you know, unless it was like right there in my face, but like, that's, it's, I, I'm so, uh, I, yeah, that's, that's my like, and it won a golden globe for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, I, good for them. 
good I'm for so them. Fucking stoked about that. Like that. I was talking with someone at work the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, I was like, as someone who really enjoys comics, like and seeing comic book movies, like you always like have that feeling in your gut of like, well, like this isn't gonna get nominated for an Oscar or a Golden Globe. Like it's it's a superhero movie. People just kind of you know slough it off to the side because it's a superhero movie. It doesn't belong up here. But then seeing that for Spider Verse, I'm I'm it gives me hope. Like we can get more movies like that of that quality uh, yeah. going forward. Well, because it, it also, you know, it also embraced being like by being an animation movie, it kind of embraced being a comic book movie in its entirety. It's yeah. not like um, Hollywood stars in front of a green screen with a bunch of yeah. plasma, you know, yeah. not not that there's anything wrong with those movies. They're but all... but in terms of being purely something that just jumped out of the pages of a comic book, yeah. like they really embraced that idea and they. And they um, kind of stripped away the notion of like the kind of cheapness that CGI animation can feel, you know, over the years. I mean, there's there's people that do it right. There's there's Pixar, yeah. Disney's got a lot better at it. But there's a lot of just trash mm. animation for kids out there. Mm. Just because computer generation, uh, you know, graphics are easy now. It's just like anything you can just make it and doesn't matter if it sucks and there's a million movies out there yeah you know that are terrible the, the previews um, before this movie uh oh my god oh god yeah exactly like i was right? just like jesus christ this is what kids are watching we're fucked yeah so, so yeah i feel so you so you tend to get cynical a little bit about just a like, bit yeah about cgi animation movies where it's like well anyone can just do anything now and it doesn't matter if it sucks and the fact that they took the time to really consider, okay, we have every tool in the universe. How do we strip that down to something that means something? And that meant taking the frame rate down. Did you know they didn't use any motion blur for the yes. entire thing? They Everything was, was hard stop frames, and they used comic book methodology to express motion. So you'll see for like one frame, there's like a little um, visual acknowledgement of motion. You know, when, when someone's like, doing something important like a little swipe or a little graphics here and there that that show you motion you know in in comic book vernacular like it's it's really incredible how much effort they put into every frame of the thing yeah across the board yeah. i mean it's, from story to visuals to like everything they yeah they, they nailed it goddamn yeah and and it and that to me it's just like it's just so encouraging because it shows that like the the infiniteness of cgi doesn't have to mean that everything's just going to be, you know, shit out and terrible now. It right. it means that like you can use the infinite tools in a very specific way, you know, just like any other art form. Uh, you know, if you have enough intention behind it, you can make something beautiful. It just it doesn't have to be trash just because you have the tools. Right. Yes. I just yeah. I I just I, man. That post credit scene. I just want more. I just and I and that was like the post credit scene was everything. Like <laughs> yeah. if we're doing Spider Verse, like where's twenty ninety nine? Sorry guys, spoiler. Where the fuck's twenty ninety nine? And then we showed that and I was like, God damn it, I gotta wait for the second movie. Fuck. Um But yeah. yeah. And like that makes me and like again, like and that this kind of rolls directly into like the idea of like because I, I can tell you I haven't paid attention in a long time. This is something that you brought to me, Rob. Uh, to talk about was the Saturday morning cartoons idea and the idea of like streaming services uh, being actually, you know, physically curated by someone versus an algorithm. But like, I haven't paid attention to Saturday morning cartoons 
oh god for probably 20 plus years 30 well, years maybe they actually ended they they, they don't they, do saturday morning cartoons anymore no they've they actually ended um some odd years ago what? i can't remember when it was yeah they just they shut it all down that doesn't exist anymore that's yeah. wild and frightens me a bit like well because you have cartoon <laughs> network now but like at the same time like you don't get the same shit that you could get on weekends on cartoon network you know what i mean yeah, yeah, it, it's not an event anymore, you know? There's too many different ways to experience media where there there isn't this event. I mean, when we were kids, Saturday Morning Cartoons was, you've only got X amount of channels, and you got to tune in. And on Saturday mornings, they're all playing cartoons, and it's exciting. It's a big event, and there's no other time to watch those cartoons. Yeah, You can't just pull it up on YouTube, you know? No, yeah. So I was, I was just... Relating how over the uh, over the New Year's holiday, I was like, and I'm like still recovering from this terrible flu, and I was just like so flu ridden, and I was just like, oh, I just want to watch cartoons. <laughs> like, I was just being a giant baby, just laying on the couch, just wanting some kind of comfort food. So I just I pulled up the Boomerang channel on uh, on Amazon Prime. Okay. Boomerang, yeah. So Boomerang has like classic cartoons and whatever. It's basically Saturday Saturday morning cartoons like as a on-demand service, but still you pull it up and it's like, okay, Looney Tunes and Jetsons and Flintstones, which season do you want? Which episode do you want? Do you want the Snorks? Season one, episode six? I don't fucking know. I just I'm just shivering and dying, and I want to feel comfort. Just play cartoons for me, you bastards. I don't want to have to choose. And, like, you know, the the scrolling Netflix thing is like a trope. It's like such a joke now that everyone knows. Like, the experience of spending 45 minutes just randomly scrolling Netflix, having no idea what you want to watch, and realizing you could watch the entire show (laughs) in the time you spent just looking for something that caught your eye. And it just made me think, like, God, I wish Boomerang just had, just make a weekly playlist, like a five-hour playlist of someone curated some Saturday morning cartoons. Just play it, and you don't have to think. It may or may not be the exact thing you want to watch, but it's on. And it's the Scooby-Doo episode that they've chosen, and you don't have to think about it. Because have you ever, like, tried to, like, scroll through the episodes of a series that you love and you've seen a lot of times, and you try to choose one, and you're like, oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Eh, I've seen that one. I don't know. Yep. But if it just happens to be on TV, you'll watch the shit out of it. You know? Like, oh, cool, Star Trek's on. Futurama. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Futurama, Simpsons, all those, yep. all that type of stuff. And if you, but if you're actually asked to choose one, you're like, oh, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. Nah, I just, I don't know. You know, it's a different experience. And sometimes, there's a value in the experience we grew up with with television where someone's just telling us what's on and we watch it. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of relaxing to have that. And I think a little bit more human curation in the Netflix algorithm wasteland would be beneficial just to say like, Hey, you like this? You know, our editors have, have said you would like these things, you know, not just some cheap weird algorithm that seems finicky and, and yeah. seems to surface the same ten things over and over again. Or, or it gives you like two things that are kind of close to it, and then one thing that that's nowhere near. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, what are you doing? This is yeah. not what I want to watch. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah. it's also it's kind of like it also boils down to that weird like YouTube hole of like, you know, you just watch this, you know, video. Do you want to watch this? And it's like flat earth videos for an hour. And you're like, I know that's not at all what I was looking at. Thanks. Don't even don't even get me started <laughs> on the hell of YouTube algorithms. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it's, but it's something goddamn. I I didn't know they stopped like completely doing Saturday morning cartoons because like all my stuff is now like streaming. Like everything that I watch that I have watched on TV, I can now find somewhere on a streaming service. Yeah, but it, but exactly. But it, it requires you to be the person who takes yeah. the proactive stance of finding it, and sometimes that just that's not what you want. Like, wouldn't it be nice to just like like roll up on the couch in the morning and just turn on a thing that says here's your Saturday morning playlist and just press play and not fucking think about it, you know? Yeah. And um, so that led into a conversation with a, a comic book friend of mine about how comics need that, where it's like, if you want to try and get new people into comics, you know, everyone just played Red Dead Redemption 2. Where's the curated list when you go to Comixology or wherever that says, hey, you liked Red Dead Redemption 2? Here are the best you know, single read Western comics yeah. that you started, you know, you just saw Aquaman. Here's where you start with the best Aquaman stories in a list in a row. And you can branch off from there. You know, there, I think all these platforms that just rely on these stale shitty algorithms need a lot more human curation to bring people into it, you know, and just yeah. and make the, make the experience better. You know, Hey, did you just watch bird box on Netflix or whatever? Oh, here's 10 horror comics that you might like, you know, just stuff like that. Just really simple things and that, that no yeah, one's doing. I love that about like, I, I still like that's something that they still do is like where like if the most recent, you know, Marvel movie or DC movie would come out or whatever, you know, they would set up a whole standee that was like, oh, you know, so and so just came, something, whatever came out. Here's where you know you can find all of their best stories. And they like, and it was again, it was just like that, but in a physical form where you go into their shop and you were like, oh, cool. Like, I just saw Black Panther. Where do I start? Oh, I can start at this one, or does it matter? And like, and they'd be there to help you as well. So, like, it's uh, one of those things where, like, you yeah, have people there to be like, here's where you go. Like, this God, I, I wish they would just realize the value of like giving out a free comic to everybody who went to all those movies. Imagine if every kid who went to Spider-Verse got a, got a Spider-Gwen comic or something, oh, you know? Oh, God, yeah. Like, Im imagine if every kid who went to an Aquaman movie got it's... the best number one comic to start with. And, you know, just, like, these are these are places where you can, like, bring... The, there's so many kids out there who love superheroes and have never read a comic book in their life, you know? It's, it's like, missed mark, and I feel like it's, I feel like it's kind of fucked up that we're going this route, but, like, it's, it's missed marketing opportunities... To where, like, you hook them super young. Like, oh, you really like this Spider-Man movie? Here's a Spider-Man comic, kid. Now tell your parents you want to go get the rest of them. Like, yeah, and it, the well, but, it, it, but it makes sense. It makes sense, and it's also, like, it's also good for kids. You know, that's a great yeah. creative experience for them to get involved in. Like, you, there's so many kids now who just saw that, and I, I was watching that Spider-Verse movie thinking, my God, if I was a kid, this would have blown my mind. This would have been everything to me. And so many of, of those kids are experiencing that and not knowing where to go. And no one's, like, communicating to them, hey, this actually came from comics, and they're right here, and there are a whole bunch of them that you can read right now. There's no messaging about that whatsoever in yeah, that which, film experience, you know? You know, yeah, I feel like it's kind of, like, off 
off brand for Marvel and not. But I mean, at the same time too, they did use a lot of like, I'm I'm a you know I'm a comic book hero like, and then like they would use the comic book intros to like introduce each one of them. But at the same time, it's so quick that you're like, what? Okay. Like for us yeah. that have been there and have been reading them, it's like, oh, this makes total sense. But like for a you know six or seven year old or maybe five year old, like they're, they're like, okay, what? Well, I, I don't necessarily mean it has to be in the movie. I just no, mean right. once they walk out of the theater, Absolutely. no one's telling them here's where to go next because yeah. those kids could have an entire adventure with all those books in the interim between this one and the next movie, you know, and just Very get true. so much deeper into it. And it just seems like a wasted opportunity when, um, you know, Black Panther was the biggest thing in the world. How many people know where to start with Black Panther comics oh, or where yeah. to get them? You know, it's it's yeah, it's uh, it it's really intimidating to people outside the comics world. And like one of the things that I want to work on in the future is like trying to figure out ways to get the comics world to talk to the people who are binge watching genre shows on Netflix. Everyone watching you know game of thrones and and all these fucking genre sci-fi fantasy yeah. shows they're the people who would enjoy comics if they knew where to start you know yeah. like they they're really there are comics out there for all of them and they would really enjoy the shit out of them but it's a really intimidating gatekeeping kind of community where we need to just find more opportunities to say did you like that okay check this out Come read you know it. yeah exactly no, that makes tons of sense. And if we could find a way to make that more viable in this, you know, world that we're in with, with having being able to have comics on your phone with comicsology and, and you know, I, I feel like there just needs to be, you know, I, I think we're all in agreement that, like, comics are fucking great and everyone needs to fucking read them. <laughs> so fucking, we need to, you know, there's there needs to be something to help people get to that point to help them kind of figure it out like not figure it out but you know yeah that they like you know what i mean and and the yeah and i, I think the, the companies need to invest more in it because like okay let's say you've never heard of aquaman before but you just saw that movie and yeah. you thought it was cool hey did you know aquaman came from comics okay now what good luck <laughs> okay go go Thanks. figure it out yeah pick up the latest issue of aquaman see if you figure out what's going on. okay sure <laughs> You know, like, but there are starting points out there. Someone just needs to connect the two experiences together. That's it. You know, it's not, it's not that hard. No, it'll be interesting to see if, if anyone actually tries that in the next phase of, of Marvel films or animated films or TV shows like that. It's just something that needs to be. I just hope they still see the value in it when. Yeah billions of dollars off the movies oh, and yeah. barely anything off the comics and just like ah, well the comics give us ideas and then we make all the money here like i don't i hope they're still interested in guiding yeah. people back to the comics you know yeah no i you bring up a valid point in the fact that they make far more in film than they do in the actual comic but if they don't keep comics going they're not they're gonna run out of right. like Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they'll just recycle them. It's fine. It's Hollywood. They'll just they'll just make a reboot or a remake or some shit. Oh uh, god. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of reboots and remakes, what a great transition. Yeah. Uh, did you guys see the Watchmen footage in the HBO uh, trailer that they did recently? Yeah. Uh, Rorschach looks worse. Rorschach definitely looks worse. I will say Jeremy Irons playing a 
uh, Ozymandias, I'm totally on board for. Oh yeah, that could be that could be fine. But yeah, I just yeah. think I just think my first impression, Rorschach's uh, mask looks uh, way worse in the movie, and you got HBO money, so what the fuck? Yeah, but maybe because it's not uh, the original; it's it's a sequel. Maybe that it's it's someone that's portraying Rorschach. Yeah, uh, I've heard I've heard that argument. Um, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's maybe it's so maybe it's supposed to look bad. Is that? I mean, okay. <laughs> But it still does, so I don't, you know, whatever. I guess we'll see. I mean, that really isn't going to make or break the fucking series, but I'm just, uh, that was my first impression, and I hear it's going to, part of it's going to take place in Oklahoma. Okay. And okay. Like, I, okay. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this fucking show until it comes out. Well, here's here's my biggest question, um, is does this version follow the movie ending or the comic book ending because i really want to know if they found a way to make a giant psycho uh, uh psycho nature na- native squid uh, destroy manhattan that's I, what i really need to know pro- i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna say they they, they they're going comic ending because that'll be fucking awesome but i mean they, they don't have to even show it or anything they just gonna no, reference no. say hey, a bunch of people died in new york that shit was fucked up huh where did they dispose of that body, though? Oh, I don't know. Just, but, but like, imagine being in the writer's room. Okay, guys, should we adhere to the canon of the beloved comic book or the Zack Snyder movie? And people being like, yeah, we should definitely go with the movie. Yeah, let's go with the movie ending. I feel like... That guy's not divisive anyone, at all. If anyone wasn't completely high at that meeting, then they went with the comic book. I would hope. I don't know. Yeah, you you would you hope so. But I but I I did hear the only, I haven't seen the the footage you're talking about. But I the only thing I did hear about this is that it's supposed to be some sort of new thing yeah. that takes place later, and it's not trying to be an adaptation. So that could either be like a really good way to just avoid all the problems of everyone being angry about an adaptation, or it could be a horrendously terrible way to make everyone mad about your interpretation of a sequel. So I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Cause that, that's going to be like, cause you also have doomsday clock out from DC. That's like kind of given us another like breath of Watchmen, And I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious just because I loved the original Watchmen uh, comic book. I was okay with the movie. I wasn't big on the ending, but I still liked the uh, casting for it. Um, I, I just, I don't even know like what at this point, if like, if someone, if you're someone who's a director or writer in Hollywood and someone comes in, Hey, Watchmen. Hey, you oh, want to get into this? God. No, no. Get away <laughs> from God, me. No, no chance. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested to see like what level of confidence someone has to say, I can do this. I got it. I'm gonna do it right. <laughs> and and I hope it. I hope it's awesome. I really do. Like I hope it's great. It just seems like the most like dangerous territory to approach. You know, in terms of an. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, John, it's got your your buddy from Lost uh, at the helm. Yes, so, Damon I mean, Lindelof. Hope, hope, hopefully, hopefully. I like. I like Lindelof. I like him too. Until I remember, he also wrote Prometheus, and that movie fucking sucked. So I, uh, well, that's my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. Some people, <laughs> I got know some people who are like, "Oh man, Prometheus was so good," and I'm like, "Oh man, your opinion has never meant less to me." No, I don't know. It's uh, 
you know, just I fuck that. But we'll we'll see. So it might be a good Damon or bad Damon. I hope it's good Damon. Um, yeah, we'll see. I I really have no idea. This is HBO, so I'm expecting at the very least money thrown down. You know, I want it to look fucking expensive at least. But, well, you know, the CGI blue dongs will be, like, way better quality now. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be all over the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I totally I, – I don't know how, but I forgot about that from the movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder what role Dr. Manhattan's going to play and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, it's uh, – It's going to be interesting. It's I'm – I'm, I'll I'll definitely watch it after I finish Game of Thrones. <laughs> there you go. Because I need to focus on that first. That's only um, like six episodes. So what 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 was happening on Game of Thrones like eight years ago when it last aired? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the dragon came back. No, they the attacked the wall. They attacked the wall. The, the, the wildlings. John's fucking his aunt or some shit. Um, so so that was so a, well, that was that was last in- season. But was that a wall year? didn't work, right? <laughs> no, but it did work for like ten thousand years. So that's that's a bad precedent. We don't want to look at that. Okay, fair enough. Until new technology was introduced, then I mean, well, see, wall, there you go. Ice, though. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not give it any idea. Well, again, it's a, he might. Oh, never mind. Yeah. You know that um, it's hot in Texas. Anyway. I, anyway. <laughs> fuck. Well, that's. I think all of our topics covered for this episode. Uh, I really want to thank Rob. Thank you so much, dude, for joining us on this episode. We'll we'll get some more shit together so that way uh, we can keep bringing you on because this was this was a ton of fun. Um, Rob, where the fuck can people find you on the interwebs? Um, you can find me on uh, on Twitter talking shit usually at uh, Rob underscore Sheridan, and uh, same on Instagram Rob underscore Sheridan. Sick. Uh, also, guys, don't forget, next month is uh, the release of Rob's High Level. And uh, if you are in the Chicagoland area, uh, there may or may not be some pretty sweet posters showing up at Chimera's Comics LaGrange and Oak Park. I'm just waiting on a package, and then we'll we'll have those out there. I'll put a tweet out. Um, John, where the hell can people find you? You can find me on YouTube at Isaac Haas. That is the name I order pizzas under because I'm afraid of the government <laughs> tracking me. Uh <laughs> And I'm also on Twitter at Posh, P-O-S-C-H. Um, those are the two places that really matter. And if you don't know how to spell Isaac, which is something I've run into constantly, because like, is there two A's or dirt? And so you can go to www.hoz.zone. Hilger, where can they find you? Well, they can find me uh, on the tweets at M. Hilger. Uh, you can also find me when I do Twitch stream, which hasn't been uh, often. Uh, but I'm over at twitch.tv slash stick in a box. Um, probably trying to jump into some more insurgency sandstorm uh, and ground branch, hopefully in the next coming uh, week or so. Once I finish up Red Dead, 2. that is it for this week, guys. You can also find the podcast uh, at bearded bullshit on Twitter, facebook.com slash beard stroking bullshit. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor FM, uh, Shout Engine, which is our home. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Take it easy. Goodbye. Goodbye.